This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to uh, Enterprise. It's also Motivational Monday. And it's Merdeka Week. So what a better time to discuss personal freedom than today. Uh, here we like to define personal freedom as the power or right to act, speak or think as we want without hindrance or restraint. Um, seriously, though, how many of us practice this? How many of us actually feel free to be ourselves? So often we live our lives subject to the values and beliefs of others and not our own. Uh, we pursue a certain type of course at university because our parents think we should and because they are funding us. We accept a job offer, offer because that's what society expects of us. We dress, speak, act in a certain way because that's what others think we should do. So often we find ourselves doing things for others in a self-sacrificial way or let others walk all over us, pile their expectations on us, because we've been told to put others first or that we owe it to them. And we end up being bitter and unfulfilled in the long run. How do we get out of the cycle? So this week, we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham because it is the final Monday of the month, okay? Uh, She's here to share with us the importance of installing personal boundaries that will allow us to be ourselves and prevent ourselves from being used or abused by others so we can have the space to grow into the people we want to be. So, uh, welcome, Sheila. Tell us more about these boundaries and why they're important. You know, when you have a home, you have a boundary. If it's a condo, your boundary is your front door. Um, if it's a you know, bungalow or semi, you have a fence or a gate. You naturally have boundaries to protect your personal property. Mm. Now, what's the biggest asset you have? It's yourself, your soul, mm. your spirit. But very often, we don't have these boundaries. So when I say a boundary, it's to what I tell people to do is to sort of visualize that you are in a space and around it is some sort of boundary, whatever you want to visualize it to be. Because everything is a mental exercise. Mm. You can build a wall, you can put a fence. Some people put a high stone wall. Some people have like glass walls so okay. they can see through, but people can't just walk in. So having a boundary means that you you are in that space and that is your space. space. So you do not allow people to encroach into that space. I'm not speaking in a physical sense. Right. I'm speaking in a sort of, well, metaphoric sense. Okay. Right? Metaphorically. So when you don't have the boundaries, then, you know, people can come and say anything they want to you. Mm. Um, they can tell you anything they want about yourself. You know, for example, you shouldn't wear that dress. You know, mm. the color doesn't suit you or makes you look fat or something. I mm. mean, what gives people the right to come and tell us these things when we haven't given them that trespass? Right. I haven't given them the right to come in and say these things to me. Sometimes mm. people you barely know. Oh, I haven't seen you in a long time, Sheila. You put on weight, right? I mean, I'm like, hello, is that the only thing you can say after not seeing me for two years? You know, I had a friend like that a so-called friend like yeah, yeah. came to see me and then he went oh, you put on so much weight I said hey I'm I haven't fine, seen you in you. 10 years you haven't come to my house and that's all you can say is it maybe maybe you should just uh, leave until you learn to be more polite you know <laughs> so being, having boundaries is being very firm about what you will and will not allow in your life right okay what you will tolerate what you will do what you will not do I mean for example if you say you're ethical, that's one of your values, ethics, integrity and all that, then having boundaries means that you don't allow people to come in and even sort of try and tempt you. And mm. if they do, you, you know, send them packing um, with with uh, very hastily indeed, you know, no no um, negotiation needed here. Okay. Mm. Now, when you paint this picture of this wall, though, uh, of course, these walls need to have mm. doors, right? I mean, the, the thing is, mm. because when you have these walls also, you become this person, then that do I not let anybody into my life? So mm. these walls should have the uh, the door 
some people I you know there there it's not like there's no way in and there's no way out because that's also you you don't want to live like that as well right so but you are the one who control the key on who will come who's allowed to come into your space absolutely see sometimes when people have felt I'm a German shepherd sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, sometimes when people come to me who have been very violated who have felt very used and abused mm-hmm. and I do this exercise and say now you need to build a boundary first of all I ask them to describe the boundary and then they will say what boundary Ah, uh, that tells me everything, mm. la, You know, mm. or maybe it's like so low that it's barely there, you know, mm. and anybody can just walk in. So I get them to create this boundary, and then after creating the boundary, I'll ask them a question. So how do you get out, or mm. how do you let people you want to come in in? They said, "Oh, oh, I didn't think about that." Now what do I do? I said, "Create it." Create mm. the door, create the pathway. It's all in your mind anyway. Yeah. It's a process of active sort of visualization, imagination, you know. Right. So then they do. But as you said, they have full control over who comes in and mm. when they want to go out. And they can create that boundary as wide as they want or as narrow as they want. Yeah. Okay, because when you, when you say that as well, right, because I mean, I imagine this picture and I hear, see a lot, especially women who are very harried and very stressed out because in-laws come to place, uh, you know, children come into place, work come into place and everything. They're so stressed out because they don't know where to draw these boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And really, sometimes you just have to be able to, to say, okay... Um, space, space, space. You know, I need a, mm. I need a little bit of a boundary. I, I'll decide whether I want to open the door because that you're right. You know, because you have to think of how how much you're allowed into your 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 physical space, your your head space. Yeah. Right. Mm. Mm. Now you're right about that. And sometimes you can have different boundaries for different people. Mm. You can have layers, inner boundary, outer boundary, and all that. Maybe the innermost boundary. Um, the one that's closest to you, narrowest one, that's where maybe you allow your children in. Yeah. But then again, when you want to. Yeah. Now, the, the problem with why many of us don't have boundaries is because we are taught from young that you mustn't be selfish. You must always think of other people. Yeah, And then, you know, the whole Asian concept of filial piety and all mm. that. You must always be grateful to your parents and do everything to keep them happy. Now, I'm all for honouring your father and mother, yeah. okay, your elders and all that. I'm deeply one for honouring and you really have to take care of your parents and all that. But you cannot allow your parents to live vicariously through you. <laughs> your, their ambitions, you cannot take it on out of a sense of obligation or guilt. My father and mother paid for my education, paid for my life and gave me life and all that. So now onwards, I have to live my life for them. We can't do this. Okay, so why is it that most people fail to set up these boundaries and end up blaming people for using and abusing them? So that's one of the reasons, values. Yeah. Okay, mm. first of all, it's the value system. Now, your values and beliefs are very sort of very much connected. Okay, your, your values in a way inform your beliefs. So what is passed on to you by your parents? And parents are very good, of course, you know, are saying you have to take care of me in my old age. You have to do whatever you can to please me. No, no, no. You cannot go and study music. I want you to do law. If you do law, I'll finance you and do music. You're on your own. All these guilt trips that parents right. put, on, put on us, right? I'm not saying all parents, you know, you've got well, modern not. parents who are rather more enlightened, but the old timers and all that. So what happens is you go and you study law and you practice law to please your parents mm-hmm. because it's been, you've been indoctrinated that you need to do this. Filial piety, the Confucian ethic, the Christian ethic, whatever, Muslim ethic, you know, you're always told you need to do this to please your parents. And then after you've done that, to go into a, a, a cause or a career to please your parents, then you get married to please your parents. 
your parents. Mm. You know, you, you meet someone you love, your parents are not suitable. Uh, here, I brought someone for you. This is the one I've chosen. This is the best fit into our family. So you marry that person. Then after that, you have kids. You might not want kids, but then you have kids to please everybody. So you're constantly doing this because you are taught that it's not right to think about yourself mm. first. It's not right to put yourself first. But I'm always brought to mind, you know, about that, um, you know, when you're on a flight and, you know, there's danger. Yeah. They always tell the parents, put the oxygen mask on yourself first right. so that you'll be alive to be there for other people. And so I'm always telling people, you need to think of yourself also. Putting boundaries around yourself doesn't mean you're being selfish or self-centered. It means that you're also taking care of your needs, your desires, and you have that space to be who you want. You know, you, you talk about pleasing, right? And and of course, honouring your parents. Is there a difference between pleasing mm. and honouring your parents? Yes. Mm. I mean, I can honour my parents by um, respecting them, by speaking to them respectfully, by looking after them, you know, and doing those things that need to be done for them when they're too old or something. Mm. But pleasing your parents is, you know, them wanting you to go against the grain of what you want Mm. and you going and doing it and you ending up very bitter, very unhappy and you um, blaming them. So I have a friend. She's a school teacher in Singapore. Um, Teachers that are regarded very highly and she's kind of made a career for herself and but she always wanted to be a pilot. She mm. wanted to join the Singapore Air Force and be a pilot. And the father said, no, it's not a career for a girl. You know, so mm. even me, for example, my own personal experience, I never wanted to go into teaching. Never excited me. My parents were teachers and I totally respected that. And I am born a teacher at heart, I think, you yeah. know. But I never wanted to go into teaching. I wanted to go into writing, advertising and Radio, I mean, who knows? I might have been <laughs> presented BFM as well, you know. But my father said, no, no, no. Teaching is the career for girls. So at that time, you're young. Right. You don't know any better. And then also, my father said it was the nine, early 80s, you know, job market was begun. He said, I'm not going to feed you if you stay at home. So you better go and do your dipet. And then I automatically got posted. And that was it. I remained in that career for 12 years. Right. So, you know, and I, and I, don't, I don't see it as a waste. Yeah. But however, there are a lot of people who go through life doing things that their parents want, yeah. doing things that their husbands want, that their wives want, you know. And, and I've, sooner or later, 30 years would have passed. Yeah, mm. 30 years would have passed and then you become bitter, you become unfulfilled. I just believe that everybody should realize, discover their purpose and go out and live right. it. Like someone like me, I'm fortunate. I learned late in life and I did it. But there are lots of my friends who don't do it and say, wow, we don't know how you could do that. Change career three times in like three decades and go into do new things. Because you, you just have that sense yeah. of being unfulfilled inside. And that image I have is something someone said before, don't die with the music still in you. Absolutely. You, know, if you don't if you're not able to live who you are, you you're going to just die unfulfilled in that sense because you were not uh, setting up with your purpose. Now, how does one set up boundaries? Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Talk about personal freedom because it's Merdeka Week. Uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation is here with us. Stay tuned to Enterprise BFM 89.9. Break from midfield. BFM 89.9. 
Good morning. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Raise Your Game on Enterprise. And it's Motivational uh, Monday. We've got Sheila Singer from Human Equation. It's the final Monday of the month. It's also Merdeka Week. We're talking about personal freedom and how we need to set boundaries, right? And we're just talking about how there is this, there's this, this wall, this image of this wall, right? But which, which has a door, you mm-hmm. know? So we allow certain people and certain kinds of people into our lives so it doesn't mess with our heads. Um, how does one set up these boundaries? It's purely a visualization exercise. So what I would do is if you came to me and say, I feel like this and I feel like that, I'm not living my life and I'm doing what everyone wants me to do. And I've had people come in and say this to me. And I'll ask them, I want you to get a picture of a boundary. And they say, what's that? Um, As I mentioned earlier, and they say a boundary is like something you put around you to um, avoid people just walking in anytime mm. they want. So then they will say, oh, my boundary, it's just a very low wall, a low brick wall, meaning that anybody can just step over and cross inside, right? You know, like those old English stone walls, okay. you can just climb and step <laughs> in, right? So I say, okay, well, that's not very good because that means that anybody and everybody can just come in and step all over you and walk all over you and say anything. And all you're, you do is you just, you know, left inside there feeling really very small and um, very stressed because everybody is constantly telling you what to do and you're feeling that you need to listen to everyone, do what everyone wants. Now, another concept I use is an NLP tool, which is called perceptual positions, mm-hmm. um, whereby you have like three positions. You visualize three positions. So you're in the first position. And then the second position is other people or other persons in your life. And the third position is a neutral position. Mm-hmm. So I, I tell these people, you are not living in your shoes you are living in someone else's shoes. So you're seeing the world through their eyes and feeling what they're feeling if you think that you don't do what they say. But, you know, people will survive. Hmm. You know, if you don't do what your parents want you to do, they'll survive. They'll get over it (laughs) and they'll learn to accept it. You know, so um, at some point, it's actually, it's you. You're feeling what you feel. You're taking on their feelings. So you cannot get past that. So I always tell people first to step out of that sh- those shoes and get into a neutral position and see how they want their life to be and what uh, they need to do. And, of course, they will see the reaction from the other party initially. But after that, there will be some sort of like a respect. Mm. You know, like even in my own personal case, leaving a government job and teaching, you know, everyone told me you got pension, you got housing loan and you're leaving security and then you're going and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this because it's it's your idea mm. of what's right, what's wrong. So first I get them to do that. Then after that, I get them to step into their own shoes and they feel rather more comfortable mm. because they've stepped out of it and they've seen how in a way they're being manipulated, manipulated, not intentionally maybe by the other parties, but nevertheless, people do manipulate each other emotionally and blackmail each other emotionally mm. So once they're back in their own shoes, I get them to build up that wall. I get Mm. them to visually strengthen the wall, Mm -hmm. how they want it. Maybe you want to knock down those, um, you know, cheap bricks and (laughs) build a strong um, steel or iron-clad wall or you want it to be solid stone or you want it to be unbreakable glass, however you want it to be, whatever it is that you create that makes you feel safe. Mm. And then they will ask me, but should it be near or far? I say, up to you. Mm. How far? How much um, you know space do you want to give for people to come in? Mm. You know, and how, how if you're too if it's too close to boundary, then you might feel very stifled. 
right? Because, you know, no room to breathe. So sometimes I tell people, create a big wall, you know, have plants in there, have it open to the sky, have glass so you can see outside, however you want. So people start doing that. And then after that, I had someone who created like this kind of wonderful bungalow by the sea, one side open to the sea, you know, and then the other side was all sort of closed and there's plants and whatever you like right. being in. Right. If you like water, you know, create water. If you like nature, create nature. If you like mountains, put mountains there. Lah. Yeah. It's all up to you. But what you need to do is you need to have it as high as is comfortable for you. Right. So initially, when people have very low walls, having a very high wall, they might not be so comfortable. So what I do is tell them, make it as high, maybe at eye level, lah, so okay. you can look oh, but, oh, you know, <laughs> or a little higher so you can step on a stool and look, but people can't see in or whatever. So they do that and then they feel comfortable. And then as they get stronger, being in their, you know, being the individuals that they're meant to be and letting go of all those beliefs that I must this and I must that. Now, every time you hear yourself saying, I must do this, I must do that, I must please that person, I mustn't hurt, that is a belief. Hmm. Okay, you ask yourself where you took on that belief, from whom? Beliefs come from somewhere. Yeah. Okay, and this kind of belief usually comes from childhood. Hmm. And many of us are living values that were planted in us as children and adolescents. And we haven't actually gone and at least find out, found out what our own values are. When you are living somebody else's values and it doesn't really, it's not sort of resonating yeah, with who you are inside, you got to examine your values because, you know, you're just going to feel uncomfortable inside. So as they slowly do this, visualize this, this boundary, um, then they begin to feel more comfortable and more safe. And they also begin to be stronger in speaking out hmm. and in saying no to people and then saying, excuse me, you can't speak to me like that. Or, you know, that's not a tone that I take kindly to. Or you can't just walk into my house and tell me I, I look fat or, you know, <laughs> my hair's not nice or this baju I'm wearing is not nice or I shouldn't be doing that. Because at the end of the day, I did not allow you into my boundary to tell me this. So please step outside. And if you want to give me any unsolicited advice, don't. If you, I want your advice, I will ask. And it's really a process of self-preservation, right? It is. You know, I, I mean, I just had a conversation with somebody who was just telling me how I should dress. And I was just saying, you know what? I don't have to, I don't want to second guess myself. You know, if this is who I am, you know, I don't want to second guess who I am, you know, whether, you know, if I post this on social media, whatever, I don't want to. Who is this person, Frida? How dare they tell you this? You're no. always immaculately dressed. Anyway, Honestly. The other, the other thing is, was, was also when you've talked about the image, I had this image of a white picket fence. Uh -huh. um, and the reason I had this image of a white picket fence was that I can see from my house mm. who's at the gate, uh. right? And if I like a person at the gate, I can walk up to the gate, I'm friendly, mm. and I can talk to you over the gate. If I really like you, I'll let you come in and have a cup of tea. Okay. That was, that's my image. What happens if you don't want them to come in. Uh -huh. If I don't come in, I can just see from my window, okay, they're there. Uh, I'm not in. Okay, but how do you prevent them from opening the gate and coming in? Oh, We're talking boundaries uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. there's a lock there. La. I there's mean, a I'm, lock. I'm the one who decides la, who uh, will open the gate. Okay. Yeah. May I suggest, since you don't want them to see you, you put an electronic <laughs> lock there so you can open or close it when, you know, without them seeing you. <laughs> okay. Now, um, can you say some coaching case studies where you help your clients to set up boundaries for themselves? Can. 
There was this person who came to me who was just sort of trying to get out of an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. This guy totally, totally demoralized her. And mm. I mean, she's very, like, she's a very hot looking chick, I tell mm. you. Mm. And he kept telling her, you're too fat, la, and you're too this, and you're too that, and you're like this, and you're like that. So it was a totally, totally unproductive relationship. So I asked her, what boundaries do you have in this relationship? Oh, nothing. I love him. So, he you know, he can come into my inner territory and all that. So we set up the boundaries. Lah. So she set up this lovely, beautiful boundary of a glass uh, wall, mm-hmm. unbreakable, you know, like bulletproof like that. So she could see, but, and then she also had inside another barrier where she could stand behind it. So she could see out and people can't see in. And then she had on one side a, a sea and beach and sun and trees and all that. But it was enough space for her to chill and learn to become herself, to mm-hmm. discover herself, you know, to relax actually, because she's a very, very edgy person. Right. So she needed to have a place to relax. And she, I made a, I mean, I told her, what, would you like to have an inner sanctum? Can you meditate there? She said, no. So can you create an inner sanctum? So she did. Mm-hmm. She created this little inner space where, you know, she, she could go like a crystal cave where she could go inside and um, sort of be by herself and contemplate and really be alone. So it helped her to quiet the noise in her head, you right. know. And after that, at the end of the session, she went, wow, I'm feeling so empowered. I'm so relaxed. And you know what? She got rid of the fellow. so because her boundaries were strong and then um, another another case study was someone who was very frazzled you know she had issues with her husband and her children were constantly I mean she she was a homemaker she had been a very very busy professional then became a homemaker so whole life was like about all this she never had time for herself imagine the only time she had for herself to relax was when she was at the gym Okay. Pounding away at the treadmill right, and all right. that. So I'm like, no. What are your boundaries like? No, I wouldn't um, be going to the gym every day. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's why. No boundaries. She had no boundaries. So she, in a sense, created the boundary for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But she said, but I can't keep my children out there with the rest of the world. I said, then keep another boundary closer to you uh, where, you know, you can allow your children in the outer boundary. But you need to have one that's a bit closer where the children need to be left outside and you only allow them inside when you want mm. to so that they also begin to respect that there are times um, that they cannot just come and be you know, knocking on your door and demanding this and demanding that. All right. And we want to talk a little bit about how uh, if it's easier personal and work relationship to set boundaries around that. I will discuss that in just a moment. I'm here with Sheila Singer from Human Equation. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Because feelings matter. BFM 89.9. We're talking about personal freedom here on Enterprise. Um, and Sheila Singer from Human Equation. It is the final Monday of the month and it is Merdeka Week. Uh, so we talk about personal freedom. Of course, with personal freedom, we, we dis- we're discussing boundaries. You shared some case studies of how uh, we need to set up uh, boundaries. This this image of this wall and, and all these things of how who you allow into uh, your life to in, in your in your headspace because right? mm. that's an important thing right now is it easier then to set up boundaries in our personal relationships compared with professional work relationships we have to see these people all the time i'll ask you maybe i'll throw that question back at okay. you Frida. so you've got boundaries evidently right you do have boundaries i can see that um i ask you now to visualize the boundaries that you have for the people closest in your life your family and the boundaries that you have for people at work you tell me which one is higher and which one is easier for you to raise and which one is 
Right. Obviously, you know, like for 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 personal, um, it's easier. Mm. Work is tougher. Tougher wow. to to raise to raise. It's it's tougher because you you have to work, right? I mm. mean, you do have these boundaries, right? I mean, you want to set up these boundaries, but situation is. You know, mm. sometimes you can, you know, with friends and personally, you can avoid them, ignore them. <laughs> so meaning that with friends and, and work, people at work, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, these are things you intentionally right. set up. Yeah. And I would actually turn on and also say it depends on the context in which mm. is more important to you. Mm. For some people, work is everything. Mm. They lay down their life for their company. Mm. They work there until midnight and uh, kind of work and work and work until they crash because they're so ambitious right. and they're so afraid that, um, you know, if they don't do everything that the boss wants and the company wants, they're just going to be left aside in cold storage. So they have very low boundaries there. Okay. And also pe- people work all over them. Right. Okay. I, I mean, for me, like I, I love what I do, but mm. I also realize I need to set up these okay boundaries in this work situation, how much I put into work. Because if I don't, then I will end up not loving what I do. Yeah. So I need to have that personal thing, right, to have these boundaries at work uh, to for my personal life. Then I find that I love work more. Okay. So you do have strong boundaries at oh, okay. work. Okay. Right? right? That, that's what I mean. That okay. Boundaries meaning that there's just so much you will take mm. from, from, you know, company and people at work and all that sort of thing. Mm. But sometimes I think you tend to take more from family. Ah, you know, like okay. family has more leeway. They, they get more trespass yeah, into yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. personal space like that. Right. And some people are like that. But some, for some people where family is everything and they can be very sort of like firm at work and say, this is just what I'll do. I'm going to work nine to five and this is just what I'm going to do. But at home, they will bend over backwards and do everything for parents and all that. I had, I had a client like that. She was like, she would go and cook for her parents, do all the errands for the parents, do everything. And she's so exhausted. And I said, why are you doing this? Are your parents capable? Uh, well, my father has you know, got emotional issues. But your mother, she can. So why are you going there and cooking and all that? Because, again, la, obligation. Parents have guilted her out. Mm. You know, your only child and all that sort of thing. So um, I said, no, you need to draw the boundaries. As long as they can do it, you do it. Yeah. Or you go once or twice a week, cook, a, cook up a storm, put it in the freezer, and then they can fend for themselves. Mm. It's not that you're not looking after your parents, but you are exhausted. Yeah. You are like getting into depression and all this right. sort of thing. And so, it doesn't serve them any purpose no. if you're not happy. Correct. Mm. So um, this is what I mean. Some people find it easier to draw boundaries at work. Mm. Some people find it easier to draw boundaries at home. Now, in my case, it taken me a long time to learn to draw boundaries at home. But now I am. I am. There was a time where I'd never say no, you know, to requests from my family. Today, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I've got work. I'm busy. I can't do it. Or, you know, sometimes I'll get this request. Can you send me to work? I'm like, no, you can drive. Go. Yeah. There's, why am I there's Grab, to, there's Uber. Ah, that's why. So, you know, you need to 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 not get into someone's space and like feel what they're feeling like. They're going to feel hurt or upset if you say no. Don't project. Again, right. it's a lot of perception and projection going on. And I think sometimes people like the idea of being a martyr. Mm. You know, this self-sacrificial thing, right? And it just it doesn't serve you any They're purpose. getting secondary gain from ah, that. Right? And I I'm see. like, I am here to save the world kind of I've got no time for that. Mindset. <laughs> ah, no time or so. Ah, so you know, if I need dinner, I'll cater. Yeah. Know? I'll cater for you. I'll send to you. You know, what's the best use of my time? It ain't cooking. Yeah, <laughs> some people get their... 
their gain, you right. know, that it feeds their whatever sense of purpose mm, uh, yeah. by going there and, and doing everything. I'm not saying it's being altruistic is wrong and being yes. a philanthropist is wrong. Yep, that's your purpose. Do it. Right. But don't do it for the purpose of your feeling good. Do it for a purpose of... Um, you know, the, the bigger purpose mm. of what you are there for. Okay. You know, if you're doing it to shock Sundiri, then you can ask yourself whether that's the right purpose. La. Okay, now mm. let's, let's go back to work again. How do you set up boundaries against an abusive superior at work? What are the consequences you need to be prepared to face? That's a very interesting question, mm. Frida. I get asked this all the time. I have people in trainings and coaching and all that, and I say, you got to stand up to this person. Mm. And they're like, oh, you know, then they put me in cold storage. Wow. So that's a consequence. You've got to be willing to faith I mean mm. if you're dealing with someone like that mm. who if you stand up to him for calling you bad words and shouting at you in public and all that and then he's going to sideline you you've got to ask yourself uh, do you want to work in that culture yeah. you know what I mean do you want to be in that place which is actually compromising your values mm. now I had a boss like that once he used to love throwing four letter words at people or coming and shouting and demeaning whatever you're doing so I did say to him once um, you know, I would appreciate in future if you have anything to say, I can take feedback about yeah. my work. Please call me into your office and tell me the feedback and I'll act, act on it. But if you at a staff meeting shout at me and use, uh, you know, four-letter words and all that, I'm going to tell you off right off in front of everybody. Wow. I'm okay. going to do that. So he never, never used those words on me. Mm. Ever. And another boss came and would put me down in front of my subordinates. He'd go off for months and then, you know, holiday and then leave me in charge of that. And then whatever decisions I made, he'd come and undermine in front of me. Oh, what stupid idea is this? So one day I said, can we go into the corridor? We had open concept office. La. I need to talk to you. I said, don't you ever do that again. Because when you do that, you undermine me and people are not going to respect my rules. And if you want this thing to, this, this office to run uh, while you're away, while you're away and you're enjoying yourself, then you better have uh, respect my decisions. I am not you. My decisions are not your decisions. Then I'm never going to think like you. Thankfully, also lie to him. Mm. But don't ever do that again. And he never did. So sometimes you need to just stand and tell people, listen, I'm not going to take this kind of language or abuse. It is not right. If you want to say something to me, come and give me the feedback. All right? Privately. Privately, in a very rational manner, and I will take it. Yeah. But, you know, this is the shouting at me in front of There's no necessity for it. Hmm. Whether after that he's got his claws in against you, um, and if he's going to, you know, sort of victimize you for telling him, then you got to decide, lah. Are you going to, you got to strengthen your boundaries, raise your boundaries higher and higher so that, you know, and, and I tell you, people like that are bullies. Yeah. And what do you do with bullies when you stand up to bullies? They back off always. Mm. No? So you always need to look at the consequences. You do not allow people to play power games with you. Yeah. You do not allow people to trespass your boundaries, use you, abuse you. I always tell people, okay, if people are doing that, you are allowing it. Okay, I recently had someone come and say that her boss was sort of like letting her take on his work. Mm. All the stuff that he needed to do and didn't like to do because he was a non-confrontational person. Right. He made her go and you know, tell people off and all that. And she was getting very stressed. So after coaching, 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 uh, she began to realize that she had enabled him. Mm. I said, sometimes you just need to stop. You cannot carry the weight of the company on your shoulders. Yeah. Yes, I know you want to operate with integrity and passion and all that. But at the end of the day, if it's somebody else's job, they need to also you know, um, pull their weight. And if they are not, and you're picking up the slack, then you are enabling them. Right. 
You know, so again, you need to draw boundaries. I'm not saying be rigid, lah. Nine to five, this is my job only. You will always step in and pick up. But when somebody is giving you like fifty percent or sixty percent of their work to do, and that's piling on, then you gotta take stock and say, why am I doing this? Ask yourself, what is my rationale for doing this? What's the secondary gain? Am I the one everyone looks to and says, why well, you're the hero, lah? You can do everybody's mm. work. What are you getting out of this? You know, mm. because at the end of the day, when you allow people to at work to trespass your boundaries, use you, abuse you, make use of your time, and you begin to get stretched, huh? yeah. and then you fray around the edges, right. and then at some point you start having, you know, health problems and this and that. It'll and manifest. In other it'll things. manifest, and then who do you blame? Right. Okay. Very interesting thought. As Medeka approaches, you know, you want to have your personal Medeka as well. Freedom. Uh, <laughs> you know, and this whole uh, this whole idea about boundaries. And I think like sometimes we just cannot visualize it. And when we visualize it, there is a time and a place that we need to set up these boundaries for our own self-preservation as we move on. Um, thanks for being with us, Sheila. Sheila Singer from Human Equation, talking about personal freedom. Uh, this is Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.